the great message of the Apostle Paul to Timothy, his last message, probably the last thing that he ever wrote. Uh, that he penned to this young man. He gives us an insight into the power of the scriptures. This was a young man who who had learned from the apostle at Lystra and Derby how to obey the gospel, how to become a Christian. His mother was Jewish, his father was a Gentile. And Paul was stoned the first time he went into that area and left for dead. And yet God raised him back up and he went on to Derby and preached the gospel and then went back for about nine months or a year visiting the churches that he had established on that journey and then he went up to Jerusalem and worked with the church and got the Jews and the Gentiles together more in harmony and then went on his second journey and on his second journey he picks this young man up and he's companion with him through his travels and through his working and his journeys He's writing this letter to him, and he says, I want you to understand that the evil men are going to be come, evil men and seducers are going to become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, that's quite a revelation to us nearly 2,000 years ago when that was made and yet we are troubled today because that same thing is happening it's happened down through the ages down through the God's dealings with man and yet Paul inspired said this has happened but he said, here's a solution, Timothy. He said, you continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. For from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, and the Holy Scriptures at that time was the Old Testament. We didn't have a New Testament at that time in written form. And he refers to the Old Testament, the Holy Scriptures, the Law, the Psalms, and the Prophets. And they're able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So here in this young man's hand, he holds the secret to man's adjustment in a wicked world where men are becoming more wicked every day. If it was a solution then, it's a solution today. We need never forget that. And he says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 
that the man of God might be perfect. That means complete. That means finished. That means mature. Thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Now since that is since that was true then, it's true today. But here's what he gave this young man instruction concerning. He says, I charge thee therefore, and that word is a strong term, like you would use in the military forces to charge someone, to command someone, to give somebody some orders that they needed to obey. And he made it, this charge was before God. Before God. This is a great charge, it's before God. And it was also before Jesus Christ. Now how did he give that charge before God? Because God is everywhere. God exists. God is real. And Jesus Christ is at his right hand. And he's made him known down through the ages. From the beginning he has planned that he would come and save man. And it was the whole Old Testament scriptures that verified this, one after another. And that's what it made it so clear and so plain to young Timothy. Because those scriptures just came to life, understanding that when Adam and Eve had sinned, the seed of woman was Christ. For through him that every person upon the face of the earth would be blessed. And Paul was the one that made that so plain and so clear. He wrote to the Galatian brethren before he wrote this. And he let them know that we're all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For just as many of us as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That was the theme of the Apostle Paul. And that's what he was preaching to the Galatian brethren when he baptized young Timothy. That Christ was the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. And that he was available to everyone who believed. First the Jews and then to the Gentiles. And he'd been preaching this. He says, I charge you in the sight of God and of Christ Jesus, do you preach the word? You preach the word. Well, what is the word? Well, the word is his story. The word is this scripture. The word is this storyline that's followed from Genesis to Revelation. The word is the message of God through prophets, priests, and kings, and all the writers, including the Old and the New Testament. It has come to life. You be instant in a season, out of season, you reprove, rebuke, rebuke with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. But they'll hate to themselves teachers after their own lusts, having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned aside into fables. But he said, you watch. You watch that. You watch in all things. You endure affliction. You do the work of an evangelist. You make full proof of your ministry. I am now ready to be offered up in the time of my departure is at hand. 
I have fought a good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is a crown of life laid up for me, and not for me only, but for all them that love his spirit. Just young Timothy had, had his charge. He had his message. And he, Paul said, I have no other to the Philippian brethren that is honest and is trustworthy like Timothy. Did you know today we can preach the word? We can preach the gospel. We can preach Christ. We can preach the kingdom. Just like they did in the New Testament time. And people can be saved. And can be made one with God and Christ. His body is available. His being is invisible. It's made up of individuals who by faith, surrendering as a slave, take on the likeness of Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection and arise to walk with him. This is the preaching that Timothy was told to do. I want you to understand that God has always made himself known in his wonderful acts dealing with humanity down through the ages. A lot of time we wonder if God knows, if God is present, if God cares, if God knows what's happening. Let me tell you, he knows what's going on in your life. And he has given us the Old Testament scriptures plus the New Testament scriptures to show us this is the way he's always worked in human lives dynamically helping people when the people were in trouble in David's day you know what he did? he let him write songs he let him write in his, his Psalms 105, 106, 107, and 36, and 35. He let him write these songs, and you know what they had to deal with? They had to deal with him when he reached down and helped them. Now, David lived during the kings. He lived after the judges that lasted 350 or more years. He lived after the wilderness wandering. He lived after the bondage in Egypt. But do you know what he wrote about? When he was worshiping and when he was expressing praise and adoration to God. And God wrote it down and left it for us. He wrote it when he took care of them. When he set the plagues. Now, the Psalms covers that. He wrote when he opened up the Red Sea and let them through on dry land. He wrote about when he put a fire at night and a cloud in the day and led them through the wilderness. 
And he used that years after in a song to show people how dynamically God is present in people's lives when they may not realize that he is. Now he's done that over and over. They had kings, Solomon, they had Saul, David, Solomon, 120 years. Then they had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom for years, feuding and fighting and forgetting God. And yet God delivered them over and over and over. Finally, they just rejected God and the enemy overtook them. And ultimately, the southern kingdom and Benjamin, they undertook them too. And they went into captivity. But you know what he did out in captivity? When there was scarcely anybody that would believe in what God had done, he left us the word that we ought to preach. And when they were in Babylonian captivity and when they had been there for 70 years, he just worked all the governments together and the powerful men and paid their way back to Jerusalem. And when they got back there, it took years to build the house of God. They didn't have faith and trust in God who had taken care of them all down through the cream of time. That is humanity. You're looking at our history. You're looking at our neglect. You're looking at our failure to embrace God. And yet you're looking at God's grace that he never quits loving. He never gives up. For 140 years, they've been trying to build the house of God back in Jerusalem. That old Nehemiah, he's a cupbearer, he's just a layman, he's just a servant. But yet, God touched the king because he was sad, because his people were suffering and because the house had been torn down. It had started to be built, but now it's been torn down. And the king said, what's wrong? He told him, and he said, I'll send you there, I'll pay you away. What do you need? Preach the word, Timothy. What is the word? God will come to our rescue if we, like Nehemiah, will understand that God needs to be put first. When they got back, you know what Nehemiah 9 is? He gathered everybody together after they built the house. And they had worship. And they worshiped, not like we do, they worshiped a third of the day praying. And a third of the day reading scripture. And it was during this worship service that old Nehemiah, he prayed to God. You know what he did? He preached the word in his prayer. 
He said, God, we've been such negligent people, and he started from the very beginning and mentioned all of the sins and all the corruption that had taken over Israel and said, God, we have sinned. Just forgive us of our sins and hear our prayer for forgiveness. And he went down the line from the time that they forgot him when the plagues were being brought, when they were in bondage, he delivered them. He went through the Red Sea. He went through the wilderness. He went through the Jordan. He went through clearing out the the, the uh, people out of the land. He went through the judges. He went through the kings. He went through the north and south kingdoms and all of it and came right down to where he was in Nehemiah. What was he preaching? He was preaching the scriptures. That brings us to us salvation. Recognizing God. Being obedient to Him and listening to Him, and He knows. And He has shown through all of those dynamic times that they were miraculous. When they were in trouble, He delivered them. Now, you know in the New Testament, in the 8th chapter, old Philip went down to preach. And you know what he did? They were scattered after Stephen's stoning. And they went everywhere preaching the word. Now what was the word? The word was the good news that man had been redeemed from all of iniquity. And both Jew and Gentile had been given eternal life in heaven through Christ Jesus' blood. That was the word. That was the scriptures. Jesus, in his last speech before he ascended to heaven, he told his disciples, Have you forgotten what I taught you three and a half years in the law and the Psalms and the prophets? How that it behooved the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations? And he repeated that after teaching them three and a half years. And then on the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter, he stood up and he reached back and he got Isaiah and he got Joel and he got Micah 4 and he said, this is it. This is it. God has poured out his spirit upon all flesh. And he says, you people just ought to repent and change your ways and let God come into your hearts. And you know, they repented and were baptized. Now, why were they baptized? Because that's where God worked his greatest miracle in all ages. Oh, that was a great one when he took them out of the land of bondage. That was a great one when he took them across the Red Sea. That was a great one when he said the ten plagues. That was a great one when he did all of those things that they mentioned. But the greatest one was when he brought his son from heaven and when he put him on the cross and he died and tasted death for every man and he brought him back to life. That's the greatest work God has ever done. And he did it to show us that we, he loves us. You know what we do? We put him to an open shame. Not acting like God. 
And we're baptized, we're baptized into his death because that's where he poured his blood out that saves us. We're baptized to get into his death and to put him on and to be forgiven of our sins and to have our names written in heaven and to live forever and ever with him because he's paid the price. And that's New Testament Christianity. That's preaching the word. And when they went everywhere preaching the word, you know what old Philip did? The next verse says he preached Christ to them. The same thing. On down a, a little bit, a verse or two, he said, he, when they saw Philip preaching the thing concerning the kingdom of God, same thing, the reign of God in our hearts and lives. To preach Christ is to preach the word. To preach the word is to preach the gospel. And that's what Philip did. He went down there preaching the gospel. All three of those terms are you. He preached the word. He preached Christ. He preached the gospel. He preached the kingdom. He preached Jesus. Today, he's alive. And the greatest miracle that has ever been worked in the history of man was worked when Christ was raised from the dead and placed at the right hand of God. And the next one is when he works that in your life and you become a Christ, a Christian. You become one with him. And people have lost their lives down through the history of man. Polycarp said when they were about to burn him at the stake, if he would just say that Christ was not the Messiah, that he could be released. And he said, Eighty and six years have I served him. I will not renounce him now. He was one among many who believed in him. Now he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. When you're born of the water and of the Spirit, you enter the kingdom. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, according to Mark. By one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, 1 Corinthians 13, or 12 and verse 13. They equal each other, equal the same thing. Jesus just said it by Mark. He said, He that believes in is baptized, he's saved. What is That's preaching the word. That's preaching the good news. That's preaching the gospel. We said that we're all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Just a minute, you've been baptized, Christ put on Christ. That's the gospel. That's the word. That's the good news. It's that simple. By one spirit, and we're all baptized into one body. The one body is the body of is the Christ. People who believed and have repented and, and have been born again. They're just his body. We're his body. And it's been demonstrated by his love, by his sacrifice, 
And you know, in the Great Commission, when he told us to go share this with people, I'll be with you. I'll be with you always. We're on trial. We're on trial. Where's our faith? How many people have you shared the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ for the remission of sins with people? How much concern have we had to others who are lost and outside of him? You'll know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. John 13, 34 and 35. The way we love each other and the way we love those who are lost indicates our faith in Christ. Are you a Christian? Have you obeyed the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the gospel? That's the good news. Have you been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sin and been made a member of the body of Christ? He's in heaven. You have eternal life. You live forever. You need to share it with others. He'll take care of you. Corinthians, he said, there's no temptation but it's common to man. And he will with the temptation provide also the way of escape that ye may be able to endure. There's not anything that can touch us. In John the 13th, uh, the 10th chapter, 26, 27 verses, he said, I know my sheep. They hear my voice. And they follow me. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. Not as long as you hear him. Not as long as you follow him. Not as long as you trust him. He's going to be with us. Will you not come as we stand together and sing?